be in the house of the Lord and also to just be able to engage together all that the Lord has in store. And um, uh, we're going to open up now um, into the Word of God. And we're going to have a couple of passages today. Just as a reminder, uh, children are in the sanctuary with us today, and there are activities for kids right in the back, some kids' Bibles and some kids' activities as well. So you can go ahead and take part in that. And we're just always grateful to be able to have those wonderful and joyful sounds of children here in worship. That's something that our Lord Jesus says. He says, um, let the children come to me. And so uh, we're going to uh, open up scripture and, as I mentioned, also have some activities for the kids as well. And uh, today's uh, scripture reading is going to be from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 to 9. So you can go ahead and follow along in your Bibles, and you can hear God's word read aloud, and it'll be right in the projector screen behind me. And for those online, it will be in the slides Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, and then there'll be a second passage too from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, Isaías 55, 8 al 9, y Primera de Corintios 13, versículo 12. So let's go ahead and open our hearts and open our minds now to hear the word of God this morning. Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, tells us the following. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are with us, O Lord that you never leave us, you never forsake us, you take care of us, Lord, as your people. And God, we just pray that we would enter into this space today with humility, Lord, knowing that our knowledge, even as people, God, is really just like a cup. And who you are, God, is a great and vast ocean. And sometimes, Lord, we try to fit the ocean in a cup. Thank you, Lord, that by your grace, we're able to see you. We're able to believe you. We're able to approach you and to engage you, Lord God. Thank you, God, that you give us the gift of yourself in Jesus Christ. And Lord God, today, would you be the one who guides us? Give us wisdom. Give us humility. Give us love, Lord God, for you and for one another knowing, Lord, that really that's the purpose of it all. This journey of faith-seeking understanding, as it says in this same passage in 1 Corinthians 13, and 
What we are left with is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that really is the purpose of this journey with you, of growing into Christ-like maturity, to be like Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to reflect Him in our lives, our words, and our actions. Lord, we pray that you would give us more of you today. There's so much for us to be grateful for. And also as your people, we pray for this world that so desperately needs you, God. We pray for our sisters and brothers, Lord, in the state of Kentucky right now, God. And the floods that are happening, Lord. We pray for the earth, Lord, as all the changes that are occurring. And we, and we ask, God, that you would use us as your hands and feet, Lord, to be good stewards of all of that, Lord, for your praise and for your glory. We pray for leaders across the land, God. We also pray locally here, God, for the fire departments trying to navigate the Oak and the McKinley fires, Lord God, here in our own state. We continue to pray, Lord, for those who are suffering, those who are um, seeking refuge, seeking strength, Lord, in Ukraine and in other parts of the world as well, Lord. And God, we pray locally here as well for anyone any of us, Lord, that are navigating challenges with inflation and financial challenges, Lord. We give it all to you, to the God who can handle it all, Lord. Take us, Lord. Draw us near to you. And thank you that we have this time every single week to remind ourselves that there's more. That those challenges do not have the final word in our lives. Even as was proclaimed earlier today, Lord, when we start with gratitude, Lord, we can enter into your presence. We can enter into that space of joy, a joy that is not based on situations or circumstances. Lord Jesus Christ, be our strength, be our confidence, be our shield, be our refuge, Lord. We love you and we pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so grateful to really be called together as a community. Uh, Imago Church. Imago means that we're created in the image of God. We want to give you a very special welcome if this is your first time here with us. And uh, please go ahead and fill out a connection card. And, um, and we have a little gift for you as well immediately after service. And Imago, really the vision that God has given us and the end goal is that together we would find our identity in the image of God and our purpose in the image of Christ. And I'm really glad that we have so many different ways to be able to live that out together as a community in the ways that we serve, in the ways that we love, in the ways that we engage one another. Uh, one thing that we, we do also is we we take an opportunity, again, to be the hands and feet of Jesus here in our community. And one ministry that we support is a ministry called Young Lives that um, it really brings some uh, relationship and assistance to young moms, to teenage moms. And um, one way we support that ministry, um, uh, it's a Christ-based ministry here locally in Tulare County, is through providing meals. And next week, uh, John Jones is going to be sharing a little bit more on how we can 
uh, take part in that together as a community. So um, talk to him if you're interested on how you can contribute toward that ministry and how you can provide a meal as well. And we're going to be doing that as a church throughout the month of September. Um, and also, I'm glad that we have this opportunity to continue to hear the different voices amongst the church community. Uh, we've heard testimonies throughout the month of July. And um, next week, we're going to have the opportunity to actually hear a little bit more from a couple of key leaders here in the church. We're going to hear from different voices, just a word of encouragement, a word of blessing, a word of, um, of hope from a few different leaders here in the church. So we're very much looking forward to that. Also just continue to pray for my family as we navigate life with a, a newborn. And uh, we're gonna try to be uh, away for uh, just a couple of days. And then looking forward to coming back and getting back into the routine together as a, a family here with our church family. But today we're actually continuing to move ahead in what we've called our summer rhythm where we change up the pace throughout July and August, and we really go a step beyond, a step beyond just listening, a step beyond just responding to the Word of God, but together as a community throughout the summer, especially because most people are scattered throughout the summer. We have people in our church around the country, around the world right now. Um, we take an opportunity in the summer to engage the Word of God to sharpen one another, to encourage, and to lift each other up as a community. And this month, we um, have been going through this series, Lift Every Voice, where we've heard testimonies, we've heard stories of hope, of, of the hope that our community has in Christ. And it's been incredible to be able to hear the work of God in the lives of different um, uh, different people here in our church community. And uh, again, like I mentioned, I'm very excited that next week we'll have an opportunity to hear a few more of those examples and of those testimonies as well of how Christ has continued to be our hope, especially in this last year that's been pretty difficult. And also sharing together what our hope in Christ is in the year to come. Really, the theme verse for our prayer life and for our testimony life together as a community has been Luke 137, as was uh, read by Michelle earlier today, which is, for nothing will be impossible with God. And that's a theme I want all of us to be able to pause, pray, reflect on. When you hit one of those challenges, when you hit one of those roadblocks in life, pause, pray, and remember Luke 137. For nothing will be impossible with God. Yes, but I'm going through all of this or this situation at work or with my family. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? Let's hold on to that truth throughout this season. And it's been wonderful to have that truth be the constant amongst different changes and challenges that we've all navigated. That's the constant because that reminds us that the joy of the Lord is our hope and our strength. The joy of the Lord is where we find our confidence, not in any circumstance, because circumstances come and go. Today, we're going to have an opportunity to continue to enter into the joy of the Lord through exploring questions, 
questions that we have about God, about faith, about life, about the Bible. Today, we're going to have um, this, this time to uh, gather up some of those questions, and then we'll be engaging those throughout the month of August. During the spring discipleship groups, both the men's and the women's groups came up with a few questions to be able to look at, and we want to hear from uh, those here in the sanctuary today as well what some of those questions of the heart are for you. It's very important to be able to bring our true selves before a true God and to bring our honest questions before God. Because as a community, we are people of faith seeking understanding. People of faith seeking understanding. So God welcomes our questions. God welcomes our doubts. God welcomes us wrestling with him. I love this passage that will be the theme throughout the month of August in, in uh, our Q&A time and in this series that we're calling Heart of the Matter, where we go into some of those deeper, more difficult questions about faith, life, and the Bible. And it's this, this, this comment here, this verse in uh, 1 Corinthians verse 12 that says this. It says, Now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. I love how it says it in Spanish too. It says, Ahora vemos de manera indirecta y velada, como en un espejo, pero entonces veremos cara a cara Ahora conozco de manera imperfecta, pero entonces conoceré tal y como soy conocido. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here's the truth about our questions, about the times that we wrestle with God, about our doubts. God welcomes it all. God welcomes you. God welcomes all of our questions, and God is actually willing to engage all of our doubts. We are finite, limited human beings. We're broken, imperfect people gathering around a perfect God. We follow and place our hope in, the, in this eternal perfect God that welcomes us in. So of course, when imperfect people worship a perfect God, there will be moments when we see but we don't fully understand. When we see, or as the Apostle Paul here says in the passage, where we see but we see through a glass darkly. Again, we are a people of faith seeking understanding. We hold on to two Christ-like attitudes in this journey of faith-seeking understanding. The first attitude that we hold on to, and again, these come directly from our Lord Jesus Christ, we hold on to conviction. Yes, we have conviction about what we believe and why we believe it. And then the second attitude that we hold on to is humility. Conviction and humility. 
They are dance partners. On the one hand, we have conviction where we say this we believe with all of our hearts. We believe that the Lord Jesus came, died, and rose again, and that is the hope of the world. That is our conviction. And on the other hand, we carry that conviction with humility. Because humility is a reminder that, at, that truly what God calls us to is a life of faith. Faith is trusting without fully seeing. Faith is going without knowing. And for that reason, our Lord calls us to imitate him and reflect him in our attitudes of conviction and humility. Faith and doubt are two other attitudes or two other um, uh, parts of the faith journey that we're going to engage in. Faith and doubt, they're actually not enemies. Maybe you grew up in a context where, I don't know, it was either non-religious or overly religious, and you actually came to understand or think that faith and doubt were actually two completely different things. But in fact, faith and doubt are not enemies. Faith and doubt are actually a lot more like dance partners, sometimes awkward dance partners, stepping on each other's toes or not knowing where to move, right? But when they flow together, it can become something beautiful. I want you to hear this and be very clear about this. Faith and doubt are not enemies. They are a lot more like dance partners. Because in fact, doubt is actually a part of the life of faith. Doubt is a part of the life of faith. If you've ever wrestled with faith and doubt, which if I can get a show of hands, who's ever wrestled with faith and doubt here? I know I have. If you've ever wrestled with faith and doubt, then guess what? You are in very good company with the men and the women of God that he has used throughout the scriptures. Congratulations. You have something in common with Sarah and Abraham. They were actually the ones, the family that God chose to bless all of the families in the earth. But guess what? They actually named their first son Isaac. And you know what Isaac means? It means laughter. They laughed because they could not fully understand God's promises. If you've ever struggled with faith and doubt, then congrats. You have something in common with Jacob. Jacob in the book of Genesis, who was also someone God used in incredible ways. Again, an imperfect person, but used for incredible purposes. Jacob was actually someone who wrestled all night with the angel of the Lord. Until the angel of the Lord, who's also referred to as God himself in the book of Genesis, the angel of the Lord broke Jacob's hip. He broke his hip bone. Why? So that Jacob would slow down. He was always on the go. And Jacob was really quick with words. He always knew what to say, whether it was true or not true. 
But the angel of the Lord broke his hip to slow him down. To slow him down and to remember that part of the life of faith is to wrestle with God. And remember, on that night, when he wrestled with God, that was the night that he was closest to God. That was when he wrestled with God. And in fact, after that night, some of you remember, God gave Jacob a new name. He called him Israel. And Israel means struggling or wrestling with God. Israel means struggling or wrestling with God. Israel significa luchando con Dios. I love that, that word. I love that reminder. It reminds us that God grows us. God matures us through our journey with faith and doubt. Because here's the truth. When we take time to genuinely ask and examine our life with God, that is a part of what it means to follow Jesus with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's part of what it means to follow Jesus genuinely. Even the disciples that followed Jesus, when they didn't understand, what would they do? They would ask in their best moments, right? They didn't pretend. They didn't know how to pray. So they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Again, friends, brothers, sisters, every single person of faith, every great person of faith in the scriptures Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Jacob, David, Daniel, Esther, Ruth, Moses, Paul, and so many more. These were also people who wrestled with faith and doubt. But see, there's a difference. There's a difference between genuinely asking and seeking the Lord. A genuine question, a genuine curiosity is really based on an attitude that, an attitude that says... You know what, Lord? I don't know, but God, would you teach me? Then there's another attitude of asking questions, which is not based on that humility, and it's actually based on an attitude of, of cynicism or cynical asking or rebellious questioning. And cynical and rebellious questioning is actually an attitude that says, Lord, I, I, I don't know, and I've made up my mind that I won't know. I don't know, and I've made up my mind that I won't know. Nobody can help such a person. This kind of cynical, rebellious uh, 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 form of questioning is actually used to attack, to puff up, rather than to build up. We see this in, again, people that are religious and non-religious as well. Religious arrogance can also lack curiosity and be afraid of real questions about God, faith, and life. But friends, brothers, sisters, here's the good news. God is not afraid of our doubt. God is not afraid of our questions. Sometimes people that claim to be self-imposed agnostics or religious 
um, zealots, religious people, are afraid or uninterested or not curious in questions about God. But God is not afraid of our questions. God is actually very interested in your questions because our questions say something about the way that God uniquely created us. You're asking that because God made you a unique way and there's something about your journey with him that matters to you in that God wants to go to that area with you to explore, to go deeper, to go wider with him. So that's what we're doing this month throughout the month of August. We're building each other up with faith and doubt conversations with questions and answers brought in a spirit of wisdom, humility, and love. Why? So that we can sharpen one another and bless one another. And so that together we can bring our true selves before a true God. We did this together a couple of years ago, and it was a beautiful time. It brought us nearer to God and closer to each other. Some of the questions we looked at before were questions like, how do we make sense of the Old Testament and the New Testament or the Bible as one connected story? We have also talked about uh, perfectionism and legalism, right? What, what, why do some people feel they need to be perfect to be in the church and others feel like they, they, um, there's different attitudes there? Why do so many non-church people think they need to be perfect to follow Jesus? And we've squashed all that. And, We've reminded that there's no perfect people allowed. We're imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. Then we've even talked about how do we understand Jesus and other faiths? How do we live out this conviction and humility in, in, a, in a diverse world? Last year, we looked at what we believe as a church, why we believe it. We also had a couple of sermons on spiritual gifts, what they are, and how to be equipped in and empowered to use them to glorify God and to bless others in the family of God. And when we do this every year, it's really for that purpose to go deeper and wider with the Lord, to go deeper in discipleship and also to widen the circle of who God has here at Imago. So today we're going to take a moment to actually take some questions and prayerfully ask God to guide us through our journey, our journey of faith, seeking, understanding. And so we're just going to take a few questions today. Um, we're not immediately going to engage all of the questions today. We're going to write them down so that throughout the month of August, we're going to have an opportunity to go deep in all of those. So uh, be, be, stay connected, be coming back, invite family, friends, others to be able to go deeper in these conversations together. But before we prepare for communion, why don't we take a few minutes and let's just bring it all to God. What are some questions about life, faith, the Bible, your walk, Christianity that maybe you have? Like I said, we, we won't immediately go deep into all of them today, but we're just going to sit with them, give them to God, and throughout the month of August, we will talk about them together. So let's just go ahead and take a moment um, to just come before the Lord, and I'll ask uh, Brother Danny to have the, um, the microphone.
and he'll actually kick us off as well. And then um, at, we'll, we'll have a few minutes here uh, to, before we get ready for communion to just bring those questions before the Lord. And actually, if I can um, ask uh, Eris, if you can write down some of the, the questions that we have here together and then to make sure that we can uh, engage them throughout the month of August. So let, and, and anything really on the table. I think I've shared that with you all, anyone that I've pastored before. That's kind of a thing that I, I love to do. I love to go deep with people and um, nothing's off the table. So um, I may risk saying, I, I may regret saying that, but yeah. <laughs> Danny, why don't you kick us off? Um, yes. So I was recently listening to a, a podcast on the canon of Scripture. Um, and on the, can so, the canon of Scripture, like how yeah, the Bible's put how together? The Bible's put together. So yeah. the question is, how do I know uh, that the books, the 66 books we have in our Bible are the books that should be in there, right? Why not the Gospel of Thomas or the Gospel of Mary or the Gospel of Peter? Um, or the in, in the Catholic Bible, there's there's the... It's some extra books. Apocrypha, why not, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. why, not, why not those books? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why, why is the Bible put together the way that it is with these specific 66 books? That's an easy question. All right, well, <laughs> that probably took a thousand years of putting together, but <laughs> we'll cover a thousand years in 10 minutes in a couple weeks. But <laughs> Wonderful. How, how, how is the Word of God put together? Excellent. Thank you so much, Danny. Let, uh, go. Yeah, uh, we have uh, John, Papa John Jones. And be thinking, praying through whatever that may be. Eris is writing down the questions, and, and uh, we have it here on the live stream. So we will engage these throughout the month. Yeah. Carlos, um, is this on? Um, what does it mean to be reformed? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it mean to be reformed or, you know, even as, uh, as some of us may or may not know, or Protestant, right, as opposed to some of the other church traditions that exist in, in the world as well? What are the distinctives of that? And, and why does it matter? Right? Yeah. Others? Uh, what are, yes. Al, I love Al's questions. Al and I have gone to coffee and he has questions about the lineages of Abraham and his father and all of that. And I love it every time. Yes, Brother uh, Al. Okay, I was just thinking, uh, I think it's in the book of Daniel when um, the angels were fighting demons. Mm -hmm. I think the angel was late for an appointment or something. He was supposed to meet somebody, but asked him where he was at. And he says, well, I've been out to and fro on the earth fighting demons. Um, do those demons still exist today? And what do they look like? Yeah. And what kind of battles are going on? with the demons. That, yes. That, and I mean, I, I think with the New Testament, Old Testament, and with the New Testament, I don't know if they speak about the demons yet so much, but uh, those battles are still going on today. What, what does it look like for, in our world today? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even in this passage in First and Second Corinthians, actually, it reminds us that we don't fight flesh and blood, right? That the battle is so much more, so much deeper and um, how to understand that questions around spiritual battles spiritual warfare and the roles 
of, um, of even angels and demons within that. Um, I love all the, all the nice, light, simple questions here, but that is fantastic. That's why we have this month of August to be able to just uh, go deep into all of those together. And even if you want, you can check our YouTube or podcast and look up um, in uh, last year where we went through some of these other questions as well around what we believe, why we believe it, um, around spiritual gifts. But this time we're going to be talking about spiritual battles and even spiritual warfare and overcoming that as well. Again, all based on the scriptures. Yes, Brother Aaron. Um, So Pastor Carlos in um, Galatians um, 5.16 it resists. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are, you are not to do whatever. But it begins with this. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will... Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. What, did, what was it? Uh, yeah, when it's... My, my question is, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Life in the Spirit. Yes. And again, just one tiny glimpse of that. The theme of Galatians is the difference between life in the law and life in the Spirit, right? And what is the new creation, the new life, the new way of Jesus that goes beyond law, but, uh, but, um, but in the Spirit. Fantastic. What does it mean to live life in the spirit? Uh, Eris. And by the way, everyone that's asking questions during the month of August, you're going to be invited to answer your own question too. (laughs) Amen? Are we ready for that? (laughs) So I hope this thing works from back here. Yes, it does. Okay. So uh, my question would be, in a world where we're called to evangelize and make disciples, how do we as Christians... Um, kind of toe the line between respecting others' religious freedom and their right to express their religion, as well as evangelizing and sharing our own. Yeah, fantastic. Again, navigating what is called big conversation of that is how do we navigate the gospel in a pluralistic society, right? And the amazing thing is that we can see that within the scriptures as well, right? God has always worked through what's called remnant, through a group of people, a smaller group of people to be set apart for his purposes with the wider world and society as well. So yes, how do we navigate, again, conviction and humility and respect for others? Uh, Other questions. We have a couple of minutes before we get into communion, just before we, we, uh, we move forward here. Anything else on our, yep. Yeah, Zach? so um, mm-hmm. regularly throughout the entire Bible, like from Genesis to, you know, um, it's regularly talking about how only through God and only through Jesus will you have eternal life and eternal existence, right? Like only through Jesus and only through God can you have eternal existence. But why does it specify that so much? If even if you don't believe in God, you will have eternal existence. It'll just be in hell. Why does it, it say that you only have eternal existence through Jesus, if you still would, it would just be in hell. Mm-hmm. So we're all eternal creatures, but mm-hmm. you're asking why does it emphasize this new life in Christ, which will lead to heaven, life with God, but life without Christ is 
uh, again, hell, life, uh, life without God for eternity, but God made us eternal, right? So why is the emphasis there? Is kind that the of, question? Yeah. yeah. And or any other way you would specifically ask the question, maybe in a, sent a sentence or two? Why does it emphasize that why, particularity so much? Why does it emphasize the um, eternity of heaven more than it emphasizes the eternity of hell, oh, I suppose? Okay, okay. Good, good. And, yeah, there's this big word called privation. <laughs> and uh, heaven is substance, life with God, reality. Privation means the absence of substance, which would be hell, right? Life without God. So nothing, right, in some ways. But, yeah, we'll go deep into all of that throughout the, the rest of the, um, the month. I love this. I live for this kind of thing. So, yeah. And, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be here the rest of August. Just a heads up. But <laughs> uh, One final question, and then we'll pray, and we'll come to the Lord's table where all of the answers in God are Jesus Christ. Yes and amen. Um, yes, Elizabeth. Okay. Um, so, I don't know how to put this. Um, what does it look like to be confident in the Lord? Mm -hmm. Meaning, um, not like, not caring what anybody says or thinks about you, but like just to be able to put that aside and just focus on just the Lord. I don't know if that makes sense, um, but just to be confident in the Lord, what does that look like? Just like, yeah. Like our identity, yes. our real conf our purpose, uh, yeah. our, mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and I guess maybe you're, you're kind of referring to like actually, right? Yes. Because, yeah, maybe even as Christians we say that, but yeah. sometimes we still live yeah. in a different way where we're trying to live to the standards of, of others. But how do we actually authentically find that true confidence in the Lord? Yes. Yes? Exactly. Okay, yes. good. Thank you. Yeah, and Eris, please write these down so we don't forget them. <laughs> good, good, there's proof. Um, time. Yes, okay, yes. Sister Mandy, one more, and then we'll come to the Lord's table. Amen? Uh, no, no problem. <laughs> okay, so when, you're, when I'm praying, I say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But sometimes I don't know, like, do I go to the Father, Son, and then sometimes I'm separately talking to the Holy Spirit? Should I be talking to all of them together or separately? Or, you know, I, I mean, I just do all. But, you know, I just sometimes I'm just like, should I just be praising the Father or just praising the Son? Or should I be praising the Father and the Son <laughs> and the Holy Spirit? <laughs> because I feel like, I can sense when I, when the Holy Spirit is working in my life. Um, I don't know, sometimes I'm just not really sure. I put, I think about all of them when I'm praying or I'm meditating or I'm, you know, um, yeah, while I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So simple question around the nature of God and the Trinity. <laughs> the, the Trinitarian eternal relationship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, any, any question about the Trinity 
oftentimes the answer is just yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> pray to the Father, pray to the Son, pray to the Holy Spirit. And remember Jesus himself, right, says, I and the Father are one. And then that the God is spirit. And so anyway, and uh, someone once told me this, and we'll go deeper into it later. Remember, they are all interdependent one and three, God in three persons. Remember, without a son, there's no father. Without a father, there's no son, right? So it's this beautiful, interdependent, eternal relationship. And again, the spirit is the one who connects them and us all together. But beautiful questions around the mystery and reality of God. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, let's just go ahead and take a moment and just give that all to the Lord. And as we prepare to come to the table here, bring that to him or whatever other burden that you have this morning. Give it to him. He can handle it and he welcomes you. So let's just now take a moment to pray and we'll prepare to come to the Lord's table. We've written down the questions and we will be engaging them throughout the, the month of August. So let's just go ahead and, uh, and pray, and we will um, prepare for our time in the scriptures in, in, around the communion table this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, your meal that you prepare is yours. You are the head of this table, Lord. You invite us to take part in this beautiful time of prayer, reflection, praise, and communion. And for all of us, with whatever we're coming in with this morning, remember this is a time to center yourself, to refocus your thinking, to be guided in the Lord's Supper. I'll be sharing in both English and Spanish, and this is an opportunity to invite us into common union, communion with God and with one another. So let's just take a moment right now, right where we are, just as we are, to quiet our hearts. Then I'm going to lead us in the communion table. Just take a moment to pray. Tomar un momento para orar bring yourself before the Lord, a true God who sees you and loves you and still says, come to me. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, this Holy Supper, which we're about to celebrate, is a feast of remembering, of communion, and of hope. Amados en el Señor Jesucristo, la Santa Cena que estamos por celebrar es una fiesta memorial de comunión y de esperanza. We come in remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. 
recordamos que el Padre envió al mundo a nuestro Señor Jesucristo para que tomara de nuestra carne y sangre y para que cumpliera por nosotros obediencia a la ley divina hasta extremo de una amarga y vergonzosa muerte en la cruz. We come to have communion, common union with this same Jesus Christ, the one who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the earth. In the breaking of the bread, Jesus makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread, the one who strengthens us into life eternal. And in this cup of blessing, our Lord Jesus Christ comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we're to bear any fruit in this life. Nos acercamos para tener comunión con el propio Cristo quien nos ha prometido estar con nosotros por siempre. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are actually a pledge, a sign, a foretaste of the feast of love of which we will partake when his kingdom has fully come. When with unveiled faces we will see him face to face, made like unto his glory, or our true identity, our true confidence, our true purpose will be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, send your Holy Spirit upon us this morning, we pray. We pray, God, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain the unity of the faith and grow up into all things into Christ our Lord. And as the grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and, and these grapes have been gathered from many fields into one cup, grant, O oh Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night that he was betrayed, he took the bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then in the same manner, he took the cup and he poured it. And he said, This cup is the blood of my new covenant. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for this precious, precious gift that we have of your body and your blood. Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing us together. May this cup and this bread represent your real presence with us here and now. We pray, Lord, and we confess what we have done as well as those thoughts and actions that we have left undone. We thank you, God, for the gift of your table and the gift of your hospitality. This is your table and you invite us, Lord, when we confess our trust, our hope in you, Lord. 
to come and partake, Lord. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight reminds us that this time is for all of us, regardless of where our faith journey is. If we're not in a place to partake today, we can reflect, we can pray right where we are. The scriptures remind us, let each person examine himself or herself. Then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is the time of resting in the Lord, of reflecting in the Lord, and receiving the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a time to trust and declare faith in Jesus today. If you haven't yet, you can confess and say, Lord, I trust in you more than I do in myself, more than I do in others, more than I do in, in, um, in other things. Lord, I trust in you, Jesus. Be my Lord and Savior today. During this time, you can have your hands open and your heart open to receive Christ, to receive his blessing, his presence with you. We're going to ask a leader, we're going to ask our, our, uh, one of our elders, John Jones, to help in the distribution of the elements. And this is the feast of God for the people of God. So at this moment, I'm going to ask our brother John to come forward and he's going to help in, in serving us. And right where you are, you can um, go ahead and um, come forth, perhaps on this side, since there's uh, more space and um, we can make our way to receive of the elements. This is the feast of God for the people of God. So as you're ready, you can stand, partake, and take of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ around the Lord's table in this time of common union, of communion. So let's go ahead and come forward as we're ready and as we're led. And our brother John will serve of the elements. Stop. 
Amen. We're going to take and eat together as one body. If, if you're able to, would you join us and stand together as we partake in the Lord's Supper? Friends, brothers, sisters, this is the body of Christ broken for you because he loves you. Let's take and eat together as one family of God. And this is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. Let's take and drink together as the family of God. Amen. You may be seated. Lord, we praise and thank you, O Lord, that you have fed us at your table. Grateful, Lord, we are for your gifts. And we're mindful for this common union, this unity that you have called us to as members of your family, as brothers and sisters in this eternal family, Lord, as sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. We offer to you our prayers for all people. God of compassion, we remember before you today the poor and the afflicted, the sick and the dying, prisoners and all who are lonely and isolated, God, the victims of brokenness and injustice and all who suffer, Lord. And God, we thank you for this eternal sign this eternal sign that reminds us that you are the one who will bring all things together. The things that are unwell, you will make them well. The things that are broken, you will restore, Lord. The things that are not as they ought to be, you will bring them as they ought to be, Lord. Thank you that this is what this table reminds us of. The hope that we have through communion to see you, Jesus Christ, bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. All things will be brought together through the blood, through the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.